Here we are on the edge of August and uh, every country in the world is experiencing extreme heat, except us. Now, some people, that's an answer to prayer. Other people, it's a matter of prayer. How many people uh, want more heat? All right, how many people don't want more heat? All right, we've got a mixed crowd there. Hey, we've got guests in today from all over the world. I believe we've got visitors in from Nepal. Let's give them a welcome. <laughs> and we have got an army of people from El Salvador. Come on, let's give them a massive welcome. <laughs> Man, we're an international church, eh? When God said go into the nations, I didn't realise we could do that in North End. But God would bring the nations to us. But wherever you're visiting from, the Lord bless you. I hope you're having a good morning with us. Like we said, we got a fire alarm later on and Pastor Stuart will lead you through. We're not going to surprise you. We'll give you plenty of warning. Whenever they say that we've got to do our annual fire alarm, it always reminds me of a Pentecost moment. I'm like, all right, okay, this is a fire alarm. We all get out of the building. And I think that's what it must have been like on the day of Pentecost. But there was no warning. Suddenly the fire of God fell. But they, wouldn't, they didn't go and stand in a field. They went and preached the gospel to every nation, to every tribe. And because they went, we're here. Amen. I'm so glad we're a Pentecostal people. Anybody else a Pentecostal person? We love the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I was away last week and uh, I heard you had an amazing week with some powerful testimonies of what God's doing. We've been in a series and I want to conclude that series today. Now, I say that, but you all know me, which means it could come back in a couple of weeks. But I'm aiming today to finish the series that we've been on called Pursuit where we've been looking at the things that people pursue that aren't evil or wrong. It's just that sometimes people pursue these things in the wrong places. We looked at what was written in the Declaration of Independence by America to England when it left its, the rule and reign of the United Kingdom 270 years ago. And they said, we believe it's every person's right to know life, to know liberty, to know the pursuit of happiness. And that kind of placed us into a moment where we looked as a church at certain things that the unsaved and the saved have in common in their pursuits. Every one of us want happiness. All right, Even the most miserable among you, <laughs> deep inside of you, even if you won't admit it, you want happiness. All of us want liberty and freedom. All of us want life. All of us want love. These are things that we're wired to want and God wired us to want them. But he made himself for fulfilment of them. But what we do is we often pursue things like happiness, life, liberty, freedom, love in places that can't give us those things like he can. Jeremiah spoke of it in Jeremiah um, chapter 2 verse 13. He said they're broken cisterns or buckets with holes in, which means they'd love to hold those things for you, but they can't. But the good news that we've been looking at, the common denominator we've been looking at over the last few weeks is all of those things can be found in a living relationship with a living God. There is no happiness like the happiness you find in him. There is no liberty by course or by cause. 
There is no liberty or freedom like the liberty and the freedom that you find in what Jesus Christ has done for you. There is no, no life like the life you could know that you find in God. And there's certainly no love. There's a whole lot of lust out there. But love and lust are so different, aren't they? Love is when people give. Lust is when people take. And there's so much confusion even within our young people today between what love is and what lust is. God is love. It's who he is. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. But I want to look at another one today, which is an important one, and it's called wisdom. Wisdom. That we should be in pursuit of wisdom, just as we should be in pursuit of happiness and life, love, liberty, breakthrough. But as we can only find the best of those other things in God, it's the same when we look at wisdom. There's other wisdoms that are available in the world, but there's no wisdom as good as the wisdom that comes from the creator of all things, the wisdom of God. Actually, wisdom is something that the Bible encourages us to pursue. The other things like happiness and love and life and liberty, I've kind of encouraged you to pursue them and I've said to you, it's all right, God wants you to have these things. But when it comes to wisdom, actually the Bible screams loudly throughout Proverbs, be in pursuit of wisdom. Let me read to you from Proverbs 4 verses 5 to 7. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Be in pursuit of wisdom and understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Anybody like it that wisdom is known as a lady? All right, I thought I would have made a few more friends there. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you everything you have, get understanding. So Proverbs screams in our face, get wisdom. Now the problem is, like with happiness, liberty and the other things we've spoken of, there's many wisdoms that are available, but God's wisdom stands alone. If you go out and turn on your phones, look on YouTube, look on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, there's lots of people peddling wisdom. But what I've discovered is some of the wisdom there they're peddling isn't wisdom at all. It's actually stupidity when you look at where it takes you. So there's no shortage of this thing called wisdom. But we've got to make sure that we're not turning our back on his wisdom and embracing other wisdom, which is lesser wisdom than what God would have us to know. Everybody with me? <clears throat> now, it's important that your philosophy is correct. Now you're like, wait a moment, philosophy? I'm not a philosopher. I disagree, you are a philosopher. You don't go to university to become a philosopher. You're a philosopher because you have a philosophy. And if you knew it or not, you do have one. The word philosophy is a word that's made up of two words. It's a simple word, it just sounds difficult when you go to college. But it's a very simple word. Philo is the natural love of something. 
to naturally love something. Sophia is wisdom and understanding. So a philosophy is the love of wisdom. The question again is where are we getting the wisdom that we're loving? Because the wisdom of God will always bring you into freedom. But the wisdom of this world will often bring you into captivity. The wisdom of this world is presented very well, but it doesn't end up where you need to be. Yet the wisdom of God is pure and life-changing. Why is having a correct philosophy important? Where your philosophy, the wisdom that you're loving, determines your belief system. Your belief system determines how you live your life when you're thinking about it and when you're not. So if your life is being lived out wrong, it's because your belief system needs correcting and it's because you've been embracing wisdom that's not the wisdom of God. Begin to embrace the wisdom of God. Your belief system will change and the life that you live will be different and you'll see a new life. Everybody with me? Now, Paul actually spoke of this in Colossians 2 verse 8. It's an amazing that the Bible speaks of philosophy. Now, in this verse, Paul gives a warning that we shouldn't be people that are embracing or loving the wisdom that's outside of God, but rather are people that are running after the wisdom that comes from God. Let me read this verse to you, if we could pop it up. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive or makes you a prisoner. How? Through hollow and deceptive philosophy, Loving of wisdom that's not godly, but wisdom that depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. So all those years ago, Paul understood the problem for them was the problem for us today, that many people are living like prisoners, captives, because they've embraced the wisdom that comes from the traditions of their fathers instead of embracing the wisdom that comes through Christ. Christ is the word of God made flesh. When we embrace the word of God, we're actually embracing the wisdom of God. And instead of being held captive by the traditions of what we've known, we're now set free to live like we've never lived before. But it all comes in to knowing the wisdom of God. That's why we need to be in pursuit of wisdom. Now, here's some good news for you today. We can know a superior wisdom than what people that don't know God can know. Isn't that awesome? So what we're talking today is walking through the marketplace of wisdom and making a decision I'm no longer going to drink and eat the lower standard wisdom of this world based on the traditions of my fathers, my ancestors. No, I'm going to begin to now build my philosophy, my love of wisdom on what flows from the creator of heaven and earth. That's God. Again, this takes us to that moment in the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? That moment of choice for Adam and Eve. 
Adam and Eve were made and positioned to know the wisdom and God and nothing else, just the wisdom of God. Suddenly Satan offers them another wisdom. Oh, there's something God's not telling you. Oh, there's something that God's holding back on you. There was a whisper in their ear from a lying devil. And what Adam and Eve did and all of humanity did in them was they turned from the wisdom of God and embraced the wisdom of Satan and a fallen world. What we're to do as new covenant born again believers is now do a a reverse maneuver. But we say the wisdom of this world isn't helping me. The wisdom of this world, some of it's okay, but it's not good enough. I choose to now turn my face back to God and to his word and say, God, let your wisdom be my wisdom. All of a sudden, you tap into a wisdom that's more superior than is offered you on Facebook, that's offered you on TED Talks, that is offered you on Instagram or TikTok, or by somebody claiming to be an expert of life. Suddenly, you have access to the wisdom that comes from the one who made everything. When, when Proverbs encourages us, pursue in all of your getting, get wisdom. It isn't sending us into the marketplace of people's opinion. It's saying to us, come to God. Turn your back on other wisdom when it disagrees with God. Come back to God. Make God your primary source. Make God your primary source of wisdom. And suddenly, your belief system will begin to change And the decisions you begin to make will be different decisions that bring different conclusions. It's about getting the word of God in our hearts, amen. I'm really inspired by an account in in 1 Kings. Time doesn't allow, but you can read it in your own time. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. And it's that moment where the son of David, who was Solomon was living in a lot of favour. A lot of the things that God did for Solomon was because of who his dad was. You can read about that. And he keeps saying, Solomon, I'm doing what I'm doing for David's sake. God and David had something really special in their relationship. But there was a moment where suddenly God comes to Solomon in a dream like he did to Jacob. And he asks this question. Imagine if God was asking you this question. He said, Solomon, I kind of like what you're doing. I like your moves. Ask me for anything. Now, some of you would ask him for a cream donut. But we're here to help you. We will not leave you alone. Stick around. Things will change. But some of us would ask God for things that lasted a moment. A car, a house, a home, debt free. A lot of us, if we were honest, would answer that question with things that would change a moment or a certain situation we're going through. Solomon turns around and he says, I ask you not for wealth or riches. I ask you for understanding and wisdom to live my life and lead where you've positioned me to do so in a way that pleases you. God turns around. It's almost like God's shocked. He turns around. He says, whoa. He said, I kind of thought you were going to ask for money and wealth and kingdoms and gold. He said, but actually you're going to get all of those things because the thing that you asked me for, wisdom, Fear of the Lord and wisdom will bring you all of the things you didn't ask for. 
Why? Because when you've got wisdom, you've got correct inside believing and you're living out your life in a way that you can prosper. So he asked for wisdom and God says, you've got it. And how quick did it come? Instantly. Because when you read on through 1 Kings chapter 3, suddenly there's that moment, it's really kind of, an, it's a bit of a nasty moment, where you've got two ladies that have had two children. One of the children die overnight and both of the mothers are claiming ownership of a living child. That's a rough thing to judge as a pastor who's telling the truth. And they bring the two mums and both mums stand before Solomon and they say, that child's mine, the other mother stole it. That child's mine, the other mother stole it. And, and, and Solomon's watching on and people are advising him and all of a sudden he says, okay, I've heard enough. He said, what we'll do is we'll cut the child in half. Told you it was a nasty story. And all of a sudden, the true mother stepped forward and said, no, let her have it. And Solomon knew that the one that cared for the child was the true mother. Solomon was operating in a wisdom that he didn't have before. He was making decisions and making choices that were beyond his own understanding. Now he tapped into the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God was coming through his life in the things he believed and the choices he made. All right, you said there was good news, Andy. That same wisdom is available for you. The same wisdom that God offered Solomon, gave to Joseph, Genesis had in the beginning with Adam. God now says to us, you've got to catch this. This will change your life. Ask me for wisdom. Like Solomon did. Ask me for wisdom. And I will give it and I will not refuse you. Everybody having a good time? Turn your Bibles, if you've got them, to James chapter one. I want to share you a verse that really impacted my world. I wasn't always the wisest person. I'm still not sometimes, but I'm getting wiser than what I was before. As I'm learning to listen to his wisdom and not listen to the wisdom of the world or even my own wisdom, which is always so very selfish, God's wisdom doesn't just think of you, it thinks of others, amen. And I can remember once I was in a situation and it involved me, it involved Gina, it involved our family, it involved a family home. And I had to make a decision that was a very, very strong decision. A decision that if I got it wrong, it would cause a lot of consequences for my family. And I really felt pressure. This, this decision wasn't like, do I wear a red jumper or a green one? Shall I have mashed potato or shall I have chips? There's some stuff you don't need the wisdom of God for. You know, it's like when you hear guys say, you know, I asked the Lord this morning, what tie should I wear? He's your father, not your mother. Pick your own tie. <laughs> you know, he's giving you, he's giving you initiative, you know? You're all right. There's certain things, you got it, all right? But there's other things you don't. And this was one of those moments where I just needed wisdom that was not my own. I needed God to speak. I needed God to show me what to do. And I went out into a field that was near our home and I said, God, I really need an answer here. And as clear as anything, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, James 1.5. And so I got my phone out, got the Bible up and I read this and it changed my life. Listen to what it says in verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, is there anyone here? Now, you may not lack it in certain sections of your life, but all of us lack it in others. Life is like a pizza in the hole, but when you divide it into slices, there's levels of success in some that aren't in others, right? 
I am constantly amazed at how I can be a genius in certain slices of my life, but at the very same moment be so idiotic in others. It amazes me that I can be so clever in one section of my life and so dumb in one that's opposite it. So I know that I may not lack wisdom in every section of my life, but in one time or another, at every time, I'm lacking wisdom in comparison to what I could know in some. So every one of us say, yeah, that's me. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives it generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you without finding fault. It will be given to you. But when you ask, believe and don't doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea blown and tossed like the wind. Okay, let's just stop there a second. When I read this, I said, is that for real? I'm in a moment where I need wisdom, but I'm kind of scared to ask God for it because deep inside me, I fear that God is going to look at me and say, I'll give you wisdom, but can we talk about why you've been an idiot first? Because that's what people in the world do to you. But all of a sudden, God's saying, no, no, if you lack wisdom in any area of your life, relationally, financially, physically, whatever area, come to me and ask. And I, like I did when Solomon asked, will give it to you, not just give it to you, in abundance without pointed finger. Man, when I read that, I put that phone in my pocket and I began to walk around that old cornfield that was up opposite my home. Lord, I need your wisdom. I thank you for your wisdom. You said if I asked, you'd give it to me without telling me off. I ask you, give me wisdom. Instantly, not from outside of me in, but within the holy of holies within my life, that place where God dwells, a thought came that was genius. And when it came, I went, oh my, that ain't Andy's wisdom. That ain't social media's wisdom. That ain't, that ain't so Socrates' wisdom. That's God wisdom. And it caused my journey to begin. It was a bit of a faith-based journey, but it caused me also to arrive a different person. See, when God gives you his wisdom, it's not just for the moment you're in, it's for the person you're gonna be. When we choose wisdom, it's about what we're in. When God gives us wisdom, it's about who we are now, but also what we need to be in the years we've not even thought about. I want to encourage you. God is saying to you today, as he's saying to me, he hasn't got any favourites, one favourite, one superstar, Jesus Christ, the rest of us are just his kids. Come to me if you need wisdom for anything. Nothing's too small, nothing's too big. And if you ask me, I'll give it to you in abundance without reproach. You see, the Holy Spirit, it says in Ephesians 1.17, Paul prayed for the church and he said, I pray that the Lord would give you the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of him. The Holy Spirit who lives in you, if you're born again, if you're a follower of Christ that's received what Christ has done for you, the Holy Spirit that spoke to Solomon is now in you because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but he won't speak the Father's wisdom until you ask. But when he does, he'll give you wisdom that will make you feel like you're a genius. But deep down inside, you'll know it wasn't you. You'll know it was him. 
Okay, why are some of the reasons people don't ask God for wisdom? Number one, just looking at my own life, you think you know better. Newsflash, you don't. Newsflash, you don't. His foolishness is greater than your greatest wisdom. That's what the Bible says. Sometimes we've got to humble ourselves and say, I don't know what I need to know. God, you know better, even though I'm not going to like what I hear, I ask you for it. And that's the second reason people don't ask God for wisdom. It's because they don't want to do what they know they're going to hear. Because our wisdom makes things comfortable for us. Our wisdom is about this moment. Our wisdom is about our well-being. When God gives his wisdom, it makes you better than you ever could have been, but also addresses other areas in your life and touches other people outside of your life. Listen, you can contend or you can pursue. You can contend against the wisdom of God and keep falling down those same dumb ditches. Anyone ever done that? Don't leave me up here alone or I'll come down and start interviewing some of you. I don't want to fall down dumb ditches anymore. Spent too much time doing that. Then I've got to change my philosophy, the wisdom I'm loving, so that my belief system will be a new one and the life I live out from my belief system will go in a different direction. Be in pursuit of wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? Ah, oh, there's elements of wisdom everywhere. You know, when I've studied the wisdom of the world, when I've looked at philosophers, what I've actually found is all they've done is taken a truth from the Bible and reworded it. People think they're so darn clever. But actually, when you dig into the philosophies of people that call themselves great philosophers, you see that all they did without knowing was they took something from the Bible, reworded it and owned it. Because all true wisdom, all true happiness, all true love, all true liberty comes from one primary source, the God who made you and saved you and called you into relationship with himself. So my challenge today is a really simple one. It's not that dynamic because we're going to have a dynamic fire alarm, fire practice in a moment and that's going to be an epic ending to this meeting. It's going to be like a, a shadow of what Pentecost looks like when the, when the alarm goes off and everybody flees the building. It's going to be brilliant. You'll be able to put on Facebook today, man, church ended in a really weird way today. Portsmouth Family Church, they've always been weird. I've been to some of our other congregations, they're weird too. But this morning, they ended the service with a fire alarm. One, we legally have to do it. But two, we're doing a prophetic experiment of what it looks like when the fire of God falls in a meeting. So whichever one you want, both ways we still got to all run out the building screaming. So, um, well, not screaming. Can I pray for you today? Number one, I want to pray if you don't know Jesus, you've been surviving on other wisdom. That's why you keep doing the things you do. Receive Jesus today. Make Jesus the primary source of your life. Become a branch to a vine that's better than any other. Would you close your eyes with me for a moment? If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, let's just pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, okay, feel free to join in at any point. Let's do that again. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, 
to pay for my sin and to give me a brand new life and access to your wisdom. I believe in you, Jesus, and I hand my life over to you today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and let my life be changed for your glory. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, you've never invited Jesus into your life, you've never submitted your life to the Lordship of Christ, when I count to three, just lift your hand if that's you. One, maybe you've been away from God and you're coming back today. Two, three, lift your hand if that's you. God bless you, I see that hand. God bless you, I see that hand. Two hands there, two gentlemen responded. There's another hand right there. There's another, that's three gentlemen that have responded. I'm loving this, I'm loving this. Is there a fourth person today? There's a fourth person right now. Is there a fifth person right now? And you say, I need Jesus. I invite Jesus into my life right now. Is there a fifth person? Just gonna wait just a couple more seconds. God bless you, I see that fifth hand. Is there a sixth person? And you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to hand my life over to him today. There's that sixth hand. Is there a seventh person today? Is there a seventh person? There's a seventh hand right there. Is there an eighth hand? Somebody else that says, me too, Andy. Me too, Andy. I've I've got to do this. Is there an eighth hand? I'm just going to wait a couple of moments. Now, I've seen this gentleman over here. Is there an eighth hand? Somebody else that says, me too. Just in these closing moments. I'm going to count it down. Five, four, God bless you. Is there a ninth hand? This is turning into a good morning. I know there's a fire alarm in a moment. I know. I just don't know what to say to you, Stuart. I mean, I'm going to give it to you in a minute to manage that. Is there a ninth person? Father, I pray for every person with their hand lifted right now. I pray that you would cause them to be born again of your spirit, that you would break the hold of the devil off of their life and cause the kingdom to burst forth within them. In Jesus' name. One more prayer I'm going to pray, then I'm going to hand to Stuart. Listen, if you lifted your hand, we want to give you a Bible. We want to ask, can we help you in any other way? If you could, I don't know what Stuart's going to do with this moment, but he's going to send you somewhere in a moment for us to be able to do that. Anybody else today want to say, God, forgive me for pursuing wisdom in other places. I turn my face to you. Just give me a wave if that's you. Three people. That was an amazing morning spent together, wasn't it? Come on. Who else wants to say, God, I want your wisdom? I want your wisdom. Come on. Come on, seriously, the rest of you, seriously, you want to keep doing it your way? Father, I pray for every hand lifted right now. But Father, their hand lifted is them saying, Father, give me wisdom for this situation for others. Lord, I thank you that your word promises that those who ask you for wisdom will not be denied. You'll give it in abundance without reproach. Grant wisdom to every person reaching out to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.